In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. I will be brief because I know everyone is tired and hungry. Um, what is it that we are celebrating today? Of course, it is the Feast of the Nativity. Um, but I want to focus specifically on the three figures, the three wise men that we all know their story and we read about that they followed the star and they came and they offered their gifts to the Lord Jesus Christ um, after his birth. We read, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. If you consider and contemplate on these three men and what is it that they left behind to go on this very long journey to offer not only their treasures that they brought with them, but the faith that they had that they would, after making this long journey, they would actually find this uh, child who was to be born and that this star that they saw in the sky would actually lead them to him. And all of the things that they had to endure during this long journey that they traveled, and yet they did all these things because they wanted to come and see the Lord and they wanted to offer to him. And so we can consider their wisdom uh, as being the heavenly wisdom as contrasted with the earthly wisdom that we hear about so much in the world, which is always self-focused, which is always focused on getting ahead in this life, gaining and accumulating for myself, whereas we see in these wise men, they were there offering of themselves, their time, of their energy, their, their money, their treasures, everything that they had, they offered it, and, and they did so in faith, as opposed to seeing what was going to be in their best interest on the earth. We read about this um, earthly wisdom in James chapter 3. He says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. When St. James is speaking about this earthly wisdom, as you can see, all of the focus of this quote-unquote wisdom is, as he says, self-seeking. It is bitter. It is envious. It is seeking just what is one's own. It is sensual. It is desiring the pleasure for oneself. Everything about this type of earthly wisdom that we are taught in the world of how do we be successful, how do we attain what it is that we want, what are the things that we really need to be happy in our life, this is this earthly wisdom, the sensual, demonic, uh, earthly wisdom that St. James is speaking about. And he even addresses those people who are praying to God, but what is it that they are asking for? They are asking for those things which are also sensual, those things which are also earthly. He says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. We say, why, God, don't you make me to be wealthy? Why don't you give me all the desires that I want in, in my life? And all these things. Here he's saying, the reason we do not receive maybe is because the things we ask for themselves are, are not right. They are not the things that actually bring us real enjoyment, real success, real, real satisfaction and fulfillment, real salvation. They are things that just bring us some temporary victory, some temporary enjoyment that I will have for a moment. And these things might even be destructive. So we can contrast this heavenly wisdom that we find um, in the uh, three wise men and what they offered and what they gained compared to this uh, earthly wisdom that St. James speaks about. St. James also speaks about the characteristics of this heavenly wisdom. He says in James 3.17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Let's look at each one of these so that we can all participate with these wise men in their life of wisdom. 
You know, many times people make foolish decisions and they reap the results and the consequences of those decisions for years and years to come, sometimes for the rest of their life. But those people who are wise, who receive the wisdom of God, who can make good and wise choices, who have command over their will, who have command over their senses, who have a strong will to choose for themselves what it is that they want to do in their life and not to fall into pitfalls and traps, those are the ones who will find the greatest enjoyment, fulfillment, and, and ultimately salvation that we are all seeking and that we are all pursuing. So what is it that he says about this heavenly wisdom? The first he says it is pure. Meaning, the wise person keeps themselves pure. How is it that we are imbued with wisdom? We are imbued with wisdom by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. How is it that the Holy Spirit works in us? It works because we open the door to him. We allow him in. But we cannot allow him to be in our house while at the same time we allow those things that are demonic to be in our house. Those things who are, which are sinful and wicked to be in our house. Imagine that if His Holiness Pope Tawadros was going to come and visit you in your house, you probably would not invite at the same time gangsters and thugs to also be present in the house with him. Even if for some people who have, who have this kind of company, that maybe they don't have the best of friends and those people that they spend their time with normally, if it was the time for His Holiness to come to their house, you probably would not invite such people at the same time. You cannot make room for yourself, for God, and sin at the same time. And so he's saying wisdom is pure. You want to be, have, be filled with wisdom? You want to have the heavenly wisdom? Purify yourself. Purify your senses. Allow yourself to be a pure vessel of the Holy Spirit, and then God will dwell in you, and you will be filled with his wisdom. The second point he made is that it is peaceable. The heavenly wisdom is peaceable. Peaceable meaning two things. First, I am filled with peace, and because I am filled with peace, I also can make peace with other people. A person who is filled with strife and anger and envy and, and, and all kinds of like instability, this person cannot make peace with others. They first have to attain peace in themselves and then they will be able to make peace with others. And certainly this is what we are celebrating. We are celebrating the Lord coming to make peace with us, to allow us to have peace with him, to be reconciled together. And this is wisdom. Sometimes people go so much after um, trying to prove to others that they are right, willing to create conflicts and to create enemies and to fight and to quarrel with one another and make divi divisions, all to prove that they are right about something. But maybe we should ask ourselves, is it really worth it that we prove that we are right? Or maybe it is more valuable that we have peace and we enjoy uh, reconciled life with other people. This is the life of peace. St. Peter, when he was walking on the, on the sea, and he saw the Lord Jesus Christ there. For a moment, he had this peace. He, even though he was in the midst of such, um, like a like a tumultuous scene with the with the wind and the waves, and yet he was filled with peace, and he could walk on the water because he believed and had faith in Christ. But the moment that he began to focus on those things, on on the the kind of the chaos around him, he lost his peace, and then he began to sink. The earthly wisdom is one where it is peaceable, it is filled with peace, eternal peace, and also peace with others. The third characteristic of this heavenly wisdom that St. James speaks about is gentleness. A wise person is not harsh. A wise person does not use their position in order to gain favor from others at the expense of others. Uh, reminded me of this uh, prophecy uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Isaiah, where it says, A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench. 
which means what? Even if he comes and sees this reed that is broken, like it is showing here on the screen, this reed is broken, but he will not break it completely. He will not, he will not trample on it. Even if it is something as vulnerable as this, he will still tend to it. He will not break it. Smoking flax, he will not quench, meaning if you have like a, like a candle that's been blown out and there is still some smoke rising from it, he will not completely put it out. Meaning what? That God always has hope for us. That he wants, he wants to encourage, motivate, to grow. Even those who have been downcast, even those who are living a life of sin or weakness, he wants us to grow and, and, and improve and he gives us opportunities and he shows us patience and he shows us love and mercy. He doesn't want to simply, at the first sign of our disobedience or rebellion, to squash us to destroy us, but no, actually he is very gentle in the way that he deals with us. He deals with us far better than we deserve, and we see this, of course, played out in the incarnation. Who of us deserved for the Lord to come and to come from heaven to be incarnate on our behalf for our salvation, and yet that's what he did. We read about him in Isaiah 53. He was oppressed, and he was, not, and, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And the reason he did not open his mouth is because he had to endure this for our salvation. It was an act of love that he remained silent, that he chose to allow all these things to happen to him for the sake of the love of his children. This, again, is a characteristic of the heavenly wisdom, the gentleness. The fourth point he mentions um, regarding the heavenly wisdom is being willing to yield. A person who is willing to yield is willing to allow others to get their way. Maybe if we are um, having a conflict with another person, instead of always proving that I am right, instead of always fighting because I want to obtain what I want, my will, a person who is willing to yield is someone who is giving up what is their right. And maybe in our country, when we focus so much on what is my right, what is my right, we speak about our rights. All of us have many rights. We have many rights offered to us by the government. We have many legal rights. But in Christianity, really, the question that the Lord asks and, and we really read in the whole theme of the Bible is not what are my rights, is what am I willing to give up for the sake of love? What am I willing to yield? What am I willing to go without for the sake of giving to another? When the Lord was speaking about the true Christian love, he says when, when a person compels you to walk with him one mile, go with him two. When a, when a person asks for you for an article of clothing, give him not only what he asked for, but give him more than he asked for. Meaning what? We are giving up our rights. We are saying for the sake of love, I'm willing to endure suffering. I'm willing to endure pain. I'm willing to offer myself for the sake of love to other people. Someone who is willing to yield cares more again about peace, cares more again about reconciliation and relationship and love rather than to simply be right. He mentioned also the heavenly wisdom as being merciful. A person who is willing to let the 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 sins of another person instead of them to receive the, the the just consequence of what the sin is that there are opportunities and times where maybe the answer is no i forgive you and you're not going to experience these consequences if you look actually at our own situation this is exactly what god did for us we are guilty of sin and yet in the mercy of god he said i will not give you the consequence that you deserve and then he said what well, you go do likewise you go do the same this does not mean that crime should not be punished. This does not mean that there is not natural consequences of our sins. But it does mean that there are times when, especially when it is my own life and someone wrongs me, 
that I can forgive and have mercy and not hold judgment and not hold a grudge against another person and that this is actually the heavenly wisdom. It's the heavenly wisdom because we are sharing in the wisdom of God. God applied this to us when he forgave us our sins and he asked us also to apply it to one another. He said also that the heavenly wisdom bears good fruits. In Matthew 7, the Lord Christ says, you will know them by their fruits. Meaning a person who has the heavenly wisdom, how do we identify it in them? We identify it in them by their actions, by what they do. We see it manifested in them. We see that this person walks with a kind of a grace, a heavenly wisdom given to him by God of how he manages his life, how he conducts his, his day, how he has conducts his relationships, his reputation, what people say about this person. Good fruits, a person who is virtuous. This is a manifestation of the heavenly wisdom. Also, impartiality. St. James speaks a lot about impartiality when he says, if a person who is wealthy comes into the church and you treat him very well, but a person who is poor comes into the church and you treat him in a rotten way, then this is a sin and wickedness. This is showing partiality in the house of God. The wisdom of God is impartial. God does not care about all the external characteristics of us and what we look and our, our you know, so, so many like frivolous, superficial things that maybe we as human beings tend to focus so much on. God is impartial, and those who have the heavenly wisdom are also impartial, treating everyone in a, in a, in, in with kindness, with goodness, with love, regardless of who they are. And then finally, he says, without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy, meaning the way that I believe and what I preach, this is what I strive and, and, and try to do. Yes, maybe we all have weaknesses, and we are not always able to keep the word of God, but we, we try to, and when we fail, we repent, and we get up again, and we try again. Those who are hypocrites are those who make no effort and no attempt, and all they care about is outward appearances. And when St. Peter was um, kind of in a position where he could either sacrifice his own belief and follow what the Pharisees were saying to protect his own life, from, from, and from persecution, but he said what? We ought to obey God rather than men, meaning I'm not trying to say anything so to try to gain favor with anyone. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to say the truth. I'm going to um, proclaim the word of God and live it openly. So he said without hypocrisy, without two faces, with always being uh, simple in my, in my speech, what I believe is what I do. This is the, the final characteristic of the heavenly wisdom that he shares with us. So we can learn a lot from St. James speaking about the heavenly wisdom as we see it all manifested in the life of these three wise men who left all behind, traveled for a long time, traveled not even knowing exactly even where they were going, but believing that this, would, this, out, this uh, journey would end fruitfully and that they, they understood and set their priorities right. We would rather travel, we would rather give, we would rather sacrifice than keep these things for ourselves. And they got to observe and see the birth of the Messiah, to see this child, to see him who is the savior of the whole world, to bow down before him, to worship him, and to offer him his gifts. And we ask ourselves the same question is, if it were me, would I have made such a journey? If it was me, would I have given of myself? Maybe sometimes even when there is much, it's much easier for me to give. It's much easier for me to offer. It's much easier for me to sacrifice. And I don't have to give as much as they did. Maybe sometimes even then we struggle to do so. So in this feast of the nativity, we ask ourselves, are we bowing down before the Lord Jesus Christ at his birth? Are we offering him all that we have? Are we submitting our will to him? Are we being filled with this heavenly wisdom that the wise men had? 
And may God grant us this wisdom for the rest of our life. And glory be to God forever. Amen.